Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. I am your host from Under the Cook Tree, uh, here this week to look at Week Four's action, go over the storylines, check out some matchups, and to help me do that this week, I have on the line probably one of my favorite team names of the year because I always like to call it my boy Drizzy. We've got Hell yeah. Pacheco. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. What up, guys? It, it feels good. I feel like I've been having a lot of people so far, like in my like immediate friend group, kind of in the podcast. So I'm happy to venture out now. I'm happy to kind of get beyond my my echo chamber and kind of hear some different perspectives, maybe on on the players that we're talking about. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm I'm very happy to be on and uh, set you straight for uh, putting my team in the the <laughs> section for tears last week. So. And and you know what? I, I honestly deserve it. Uh, so I, I look forward to it. Uh, so, guys, this week on the podcast, same as we always do, we're going to go through the matchups, look at reason for cheers, reason for tears, and then we're going to have our new uh, favorite segment, Help Paul's Team. So to quickly run down some of the matchups this week, we had myself lose to Chubby Broncos, 113-78. to 78. We had Turbo Team lose to Godwin's Plan, 137-94. to 94. We had, yeah, hell yeah, indeed. <laughs> Timbert knock off I am McLaurvin, 106 to 67. We had Joe Tulk knock off Paul, unsurprisingly, 101 yeah. to 66. We had Victor knock off Mikey by a score of 104 to 71. And then finally, we have Tony knocking off Andre, 108 to 80. Now, typically, I would ask Nick about his week so far, but we're going to skip right into the reason for cheers because, Nick, I'm going to be straight up. I, I think everyone would expect this. You're the guy with the reason for cheers this week more than anyone else. So talk to us about your matchup, what what went well, and and why you might be excited moving forward. Well, I'm excited because during the week, I had a couple trade offers. I was talking to, like, Vic and a couple other guys about making a trade, but uh, Chris Godwin was questionable. And I was thinking I might have to bench him. And then I didn't know what I would do for a wide receiver. I was kind of panicking. But I get the daytime decision. He said he was playing. I left him in there, and he did really well for me. And then James Conner having a nice bounce back on Monday night. That uh, really you know, gives me confidence boost. And Cooper Cup's having himself a year. So I'm really excited. So I don't have to rely on like just Russell Wilson putting up 50 points for me. Yeah, I was really interested. I mean, last week on the podcast, I came out and said, don't expect a repeat performance from Russell Wilson and Cooper Cup. And I was I was half right. Russell Wilson had yeah. a pretty mediocre game. But Cooper yeah. Cup coming up big, like he's back in that offense now. And he he's like, I, I guess Jared Goff is having some struggles getting those downfield targets. So Cooper Cup is just eating up a bunch of stuff down low. And he's 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 putting up hella good numbers over the past few yeah, games. Yeah, I think, I think Cooper Cup's just the solid wide receiver. And Jared Goff did throw like 68 times or something, which probably isn't sustainable. But I'm glad that Cooper Cup's, it's pretty, he's pretty consistent right now. He's doing really well for me. Yeah, and... You know, it's, it's nice to see, too, that you have Derrick Henry, who's been kind of very consistently putting up double digits each week. I, I really didn't love Derrick Henry going into this year just because I wasn't sure the talent was there. And that Tennessee team, I didn't think would have enough kind of positive game script to actually make Henry a worthwhile player. But he's been pretty consistent as well. And Will Disley coming out of nowhere. I think I was I was dissing Will Disley last week thinking he was kind of a scrub, but three straight yeah. weeks touchdowns double digit points you can't really ask for more there from your tight ends 
Yeah, out of Seattle, it's him and like Lockett there that are the re- receiving options for Russell Wilson. So somebody's got to catch the ball, and Disley's just doing really well. I want to actually share a little story for a uh, peek behind the curtain for my draft. When I was when we were drafting, Derrick Henry got nominated. I think it was Danny nominated. It was up to like the bid was twenty ish dollars, and his average draft price was like thirty. I'm like, there's no way I'm letting Derrick Henry go for this cheap. I'm gonna like bid him up a little bit. But then Danny ended up dropping him on me, and I hated it. I hated that I got Derrick Henry on my team, but he's had the volume and he's they're running their whole team through him. So it's kind of worked out. Yeah, he, he really I think everyone felt the same way. He was the kind of player that no one wanted to have to get saddled with. And yeah. thankfully for you, it just kind of has worked out well that Tennessee, you know, has, has stayed true to their word and is running their offense largely through him. But, yeah, I can imagine being pretty unhappy to be like, oh, shit, I actually have to play Derrick Henry. But yeah, yeah here we are. Yeah, it's worked out. He's got so much volume that it's just the the baseline's there for him. So yeah, and, and if I was you too, I, I think your your bench is pretty exciting here as well. I'm I'm not really sure why you still have C.J. Anderson on there, but but Ronnie Jones showing up and and looking like he might take control of that Tampa Bay backfield. Tyreek Hill waiting in the weeds. Duke Johnson had you know a significantly better game today, and Robbie Anderson is a hell of a wide receiver. You know this, this is your your team is just looking really solid top to bottom. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for Tyreek Hill to come back, and it'll give a big boost to my team. Uh, C.J. Anderson, I heard he was getting workouts for the Texans, or he might get signed somewhere else. So if he does go somewhere, I assume he'd be at least part of a starting committee. So I'm hoping I get something out of him. If not, uh, I drop him. No big deal. Yeah, I had I hadn't heard that news about the Texans. So yeah, that, that that's a worthwhile hold on there. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's a a good keep to have. Uh, so let's let's stop kind of polishing your balls here a little bit. Is there, is there anyone else who uh, you think would be deserving some cheers? Anyone else who you think has reason to celebrate this week? Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Kimbert's team. He uh, he won his matchup, and um, his team is I just think is solid all the way around. He um, he lost to me, which he definitely deserved that win. I can freely admit that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, his other loss is like he lost the first week to Chris, which is which was a tight match. I mean, Chris is first place right now. And so I just want to give a shout out to him and that like his team is solid all the way through. So, yeah, Kimberly's kind of looking like one of those classic like two and two teams that just end up losing, like having like a super crazy difficult schedule early on and just kind of like barely squeaking it out, but are probably in the top three or four teams. Like, yeah. like you said, a lot of solid players there. And uh, you know what? I wanted to bring this up on the podcast. Is the New England defense going to be this year's MVP? I it's crazy how well they've been performing, and they have such an easy schedule. Like they have Washington and the Giants coming up. Like they're that's another solid like twenty points each there. So he's he's set there. The New England Patriots have more points than Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Keenan Allen, Michael Tom. They like it's insane and. Like, I'm looking at this schedule now, and yeah, like you said, Washington, New York, New York, Cleveland, you know, those are not great offenses. Then they have a bit of a stretch where they face Baltimore, Philadelphia, Dallas, Houston, and Kansas City, which is going to be a difficult stretch. It's probably not going to be playable. But then when it gets to, like, league, like, championship time and playoff time, we have Cincinnati and Buffalo week 15 and 16. Yeah. That That feels like championship potential right there he's, he's definitely primed for a strong run in the in the playoffs but it, it is still week five so it's a little early to be talking about that yeah i know it's, I, it's, I, it's, it is it is a good preview though 
it's just I've, I've, I don't know if we've seen a defense put up points like this ever in fantasy. Like I'm not like a, a fantasy point history guy, so I don't know. But I'd be really curious to see if there's ever been a defense in fantasy that has been this dominant and this productive in the first few weeks. Well, realistically, if anyone else had drafted New England, they probably wouldn't have been as good. But because it was Kimber, they knew. Like, hey, we're going to show up for our guy. Yeah, basically, Kimbert's getting basically Tom Brady production, except it's from the defense position. It's from the defense, yeah. Which is just kind of a weird spiritual, just wonderful connection they have there. Uh, and, and I want to shout out for Kimber too. Another guy who I famously hated on the podcast, Lenny Fournette, putting up two, 225 ground yards over the weekend. This is this is a good week for people who I've hated on. Um, <laughs> it, it feels like it's been a good season for people who I've hated on. Uh, which is making me a little bit worried, but Lenny Fournette, man, he's he's another guy who's been consistent and a guy who I, I don't don't love, but he just keeps getting the volume, and it's it's hard to deny that he's been a really valuable player. Yeah, Jacksonville like likes to run the ball, and they like to run through him, and they like giving him the ball, so he's just a solid thing. He's like a better version of Derrick Henry, I think. Yeah, and, and as, as long as porn stash is still back there, like tossing the ball, <laughs> I feel like they're not going to have much other offense. So it's until Nick Foles becomes healthy again, it seems like Lenny Fournette's just going to keep eating. Yeah, I feel you. But yeah, he's got um, a, a couple of yeah. like Mark Andrews played well, well this week. Like Lamar Jackson's just solid for him. Jordan Howard exploded on his bench. Yeah, this could have been an even bigger week for Kimber if he had started Jordan Howard over anyone else. I don't know who he would have started over, and maybe Philip Lindsay. But, I mean, this could have been an even huger blowout uh, had he done that. Uh, the only worry maybe is Marlon Mack, who went down with a – he looked like he was a bit injured throughout week four, so that could be a concerning thing moving yeah. forward. And Juju Smith-Schuster getting that really reduced volume with uh, that rookie Mason Rudolph back there. But, uh, you know, things are still setting up well, I think, for Kimbridge to do well. Yeah, I think he's poised for success. Well, let's talk a bit more about some people who are maybe not so poised for success. Uh, who, who do you have as someone who maybe has some reason for tears this week? Uh, my team and the reasons for tears is uh, Taraz's team. I am McClurvin. Just on the year so far, he's uh, his points four is close to Paul's, which is saying something. And, <laughs> and he's uh, his team's just looking a little shoddy. Like he had to play, like he's getting Le'Veon Bell back from by this week, which will be in which will be a plus, but his wide receivers are struggling. Delaney Walker got one point this week. He's had Daniel Jones as a starter, who's a rookie. He's always going to have his shaky games. You don't know what kind of outcome is going to be for him. So I think he's he should be a little worried. Yeah, I think you, what you mentioned about the wide receivers is a really important point there. Because, I mean, if you looking at that wide receiver corpse, like the, the, the highest ceiling guy there is probably Terry McLaurin, who's a rookie who we don't know much about playing in a Washington offense that's kind of garbage. So yeah, that's not a super encouraging sign. John, John Brown is a good wide receiver. It has some success. But again, with, with Josh Allen back there, it's hard to really expect any consistency out of that. Yeah, uh, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, wide receiver looks like a major, major thing. I, I, I've liked Delaney Walker so far. He's been targeted quite a bit, so I think this might just be a blip. The quarterbacks, though, I think could be a concern. Josh Allen really showed his Josh Allen this last week. I, I don't get to watch a lot of Patriots games, but I got to watch this one. Uh, for me, it's an 8 p.m. game, so I was able to go to bed by 11.30 once the oh, game nice. was over. And Josh Allen looked abysmal. Like, he was just throwing... Balls up for INTs constantly. 
Uh, it was it was not a good performance, and I don't have much faith in Matt Barkley if he's still out after getting what looked like probably a concussion. So yeah, I didn't see the hit, I, but I heard it was hell with the helmet, and one of the players was uh, saying if they, if they hit uh, number twelve like that, Tom Brady, they'd be suspended for the season. I so. mean, especially in a week where we saw Vontez Perfect get suspended for the season for hitting a guy not too dissimilarly. <laughs> yeah, um, so it definitely opens up precedent for it. So yeah. And it, speaking of which, fuck Vontez Perfect. Like, that guy has just been such a trash player, like, like shitty player who plays dirty the entire his entire career. It's And if you don't, I don't know if you know this, he's a captain on the Oakland Raiders. He's, like, not even just a player. Like, he's one of the, he's their defense's captain. Yeah. It's, well, he, he does have the pedigree where he's everywhere he's go, he's been, he's always been dirty like that. But at least he, like, he killed Antonio Brown and then played for him and was one of the guys that was trying to calm him down when he got yeah. into the fight with the GM. So. It just how do you make that guy your captain? Like, how do you make one of the dirtiest players in the league like one of your locker room leaders? That just seems like such a terrible decision. Well, it's the Oakland. I think oh, I had so much hope for Oakland this year. Like, I thought they were going to be a lot better. I thought Derek Carr was going to like take a step forward and come back from what he was before his back injury. But it's just been so bad this year. Yeah, and everything Tony that could go wrong did go wrong. Yeah, exactly. There's this is like the worst case scenario. It's you know, it's been nice again going back to Kimbert. He has Tyrell Williams on his uh, lineup, and he's been kind of the, one of the main targets out there in that Oakland offense. But like, yeah, from a from just an all around perspective, Oakland's been pretty disappointing. Even after a pretty decent win this week uh, over Indy, which is which was impressive on the road. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and Oakland, a team that I'm kind of looking to fade and and not really want that many pieces of. Yeah, no, yeah, I know what you mean. I think they're they're pretty similar to the Jets too. Jets are I had a lot of high hopes from the beginning of the season, but and they've had a rough start with uh, Sam Darnold go- going down. But now he's coming back, so maybe they'll uh, get their season on track. Yeah, he's he's recovered from the kissing disease. He's no longer just a high school like freshman. He's he's fought through it, so he's good to go. That's that'll that'll be exciting for uh, Victor. Yeah, and maybe I'll be able to, to bet on them so they can yeah, cover their sixteen point spread. What are they playing this week? Uh, this week the Jets are oh, playing spot Philly. Like that. The Philly? Okay. Uh, I don't I don't know if I love that matchup. I think I might <laughs> stay away from that one. And and it's a fourteen point spread, so. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how they go. Yeah. For me, in my reason for tears, I'm I'm gonna try and reverse jinx myself a bit here because I think I've got some major reasons for tears. Uh, now, before I get into my own reasons, Nick, do you have? Can you tell me why I should have reasons for tears? Um, Dalvin Cook's gonna get injured. Miles Sanders isn't that good. <laughs> Eric Ebron is touchdown dependent. Michael Thomas is playing with a Teddy two gloves. You're that's savage, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. I, I know I talked shit about you last week. That just proved uh, realistically, if Dalvin Cook doesn't get injured, he will continue to be number well, he's one. I don't know if he's still number one, but he was number one. He'll continue to put up like crazy numbers like that. So but you do have some some worries. I I, I can't I, I agree. I'm desperately searching for an RB2 because I I as much high hopes as I have for Miles Sanders, I it's 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 really just not coming yet. And I, I feel like I'm gonna have to wait too long. I feel like it's gonna be like week eight or week nine before he's hitting that potential. And by that time I'm probably out of a playoff spot. Uh, all like pretty much every wide receiver I had, like a, a, a floor game and Andy Dalton just seems like shit. This new guy, Kyle Allen in Carolina, just seems kind of like a shit quarterback who won't throw to the wide receivers. 
And I mean, I don't have to worry about Eric Ebron. He was just a waiver wire guy because I had Kittle on by. And oh, I was yeah, I was saying Kittle Kittle be fine. Like literally this week could have been so much worse for me if Eric Ebron didn't score one random ass 48 yard touchdown in like garbage time in that game. I was I was genuinely happy when I saw that. And I I gotta say, I'm I've been really frustrated with my defense. I've been really jealous of all the guys that have had consistent defenses because I keep streaming and I keep picking up defenses that the experts tell me are gonna put up good games and then they put up <laughs> three points or one point yeah. or minus one point. And it's been just, it's just been a nothing position while I see, you know, Chris against me this week gets 19 points with the Pittsburgh defense. Like it's just, it's been deeply, deeply frustrating. Yeah. Pittsburgh defense did really well this week, but I think that for the most part, defenses week were kind of on a low, like my Rams defense, if they didn't score that touchdown, I would have got negative points and Baltimore's defense got negative points. You're supposed to be one of the best in the league. So at least this week, it's—I don't know—it's gonna—it was—it was rough for defenses. Yeah, it was kind of a weird week where we saw a lot of kind of high-scoring games. Yet, you know, really, you were the only one that seemed to have a blow-up performance in terms of fantasy. When you when you have that many points on the board, you kind of expect more higher scores from the teams around. Yeah. But we didn't really get that this week. Yeah, I kind of hogged all the uh, all the touchdowns for myself. <laughs> Although, except for except for Nick Chubb on Chris's team, who also probably has some reason for cheers. I yeah, I saw the touchdown run live, and it just crushed my soul. It was it, I think I was I resigned from the fantasy week after I saw that. Yeah, I think, well, other Nick Chubb like had a crazy week, but other than that, there might be some uh, cracks in Chris's team. So, oh, yo. Take- you're just taking shots at everyone, but I like this. Just try, try to take, uh, try to take top man down. I'm coming for that ass, Chris. I was gonna say, given, given, putting up the bulletin board material. Uh, okay, so then let's move into our final segment here, which is I think a new listener favorite. Looking still for a sponsor. Let's help Paul's team now, Nick. Paul put up again a pitiful 65 points, which is somehow like Oof. his projection was 77. And he still ended up lower than that projection. Like, yeah. that is just bananas. So, as we were talking about earlier, the waiver wire is looking incredibly dire this week. Uh, is there anyone on the waiver wire that you think maybe, maybe could help Paul's team here? There's not a lot. But if I had to go through and pick, like, maybe A.J. Brown just because he had, like, a big week. But he's still a Tennessee wide receiver and a rookie. Jeronimo Allison. With Devontae Adams being injured this week, maybe he can be a nice little plug-and-play. Jamison Crowder with Darnold coming back might be might do something, but those are still maybe hoping you're hoping for like WR three, so it's not not a lot going on. And and especially like his lineup just seems to be kind of full of WR threes at this point right now. Like yeah. he's got Allen Robinson, Stephon Diggs, DJ Chark, Demarcus Robinson, Dave Westbrook. Like those are all just like wide receiver three guys. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Paul can help you that much this week. (laughs) In terms of RBs, he might pick up if he's desperate. Because, I I mean, it's actually really funny because at the start of the year, we all talked shit about Mikey, who had Ezekiel Elliott, and then his running back, too, was Jalen Richard. And we talked about how how could it be worse than having Ezekiel Elliott and Jalen Richard as your starting running backs? Uh, Well, we learned. it's You have Devonta Freeman and Jalen Richard instead of Ezekiel yeah, it's rough. So, well, hopefully Barkley comes back before his timetable to help him out, but it's it's looking pretty rough out there for him. Yeah. So if there's a running back that maybe Paul wants to pick up, 
with that Mac injury maybe lingering, uh, a Naeem Hines or a Jordan Wilkins might be worth a look. Yeah, CJ I mean, Procease in that kind of backup role in Seattle, maybe, and maybe even a TJ Yeldon if you're desperate and David Montgomery stays out. But uh, things still looking real dire for Paul here. Yeah, you just got to basically take your shot on who you think might get a touchdown, get a nice solid seven points for you. Now, now speaking of touchdowns, I have a controversial question for you here. Is it time for Paul to give up on Baker Mayfield? Maybe. Because there are a lot of streaming options for quarterback. Here, here's his point totals so far through the year. 9.4, 15, 9.7, 15.78. See, and if 15 is going to be his ceiling, that's that's rough. You've got, you got to drop him. you got to look at your streaming options. Like this week, Matthew Stafford was probably the number one streaming option, and he killed it. So he could have plugged him in there and got an extra, what, eight points or whatever. Yeah. Clips 20, but yeah, it's it might be maybe leave him on the bench and like stream for a couple weeks. Hopefully, Baker can get it together. And because Jarvis Landry killed it this week, but OBJ did nothing. So maybe when if we hold him till we see maybe a ceiling out of him, but if 15 is going to be it, then yeah, you got to drop him and move on. I, I and which is so weird because I, I was a guy who was really high on Mayfield this year and thought that he was going to have a, a big year with OBJ joining that. Uh, offense it seemed like they were just poised to explode but yeah they've just flopped hard this year yeah they're they're definitely not meeting their expectations so i'm, I'm sorry paul we, we don't have much for you this week uh but hopefully next week is better uh let's see who's who's paul facing next week let's take a quick look here paul is up against mikey this week so if mikey perhaps losing devonta adams maybe brings his lineup down a bit two guys that kind of struggle at running back Paul, this this may be your chance to jump. This this may be a yeah. week where you dance. Yeah, it's a, it's a winnable matchup. You just gotta take a shot, get lucky somewhere, and who knows. So with that, I think Nick, I think we're gonna bring the podcast to a close here. Nick, thanks for coming on. Great to have thanks you here. And, and and you know what? If the team keeps going strong, we're probably gonna have you back on here for a playoff podcast. So uh, I, I want to say good luck. It's not totally genuine, but uh, good luck. Uh, I want to say good luck to your opponent because now that you're on the uh, reason for tears, you're going to outscore him by 30 points. So have fun with that. that. That was my genuine hope. I'm hoping that I'm reverse jinxing myself. Although now that I'm saying that I'm reverse jinxing myself, it's probably not going to happen. And, you know, Dalvin Cook's going to tear his ACL and I'm just going to want to jump off a cliff. Yeah, that'd be no bueno. <laughs> Definitely no bueno. Uh, thanks again, Nick. And for everyone, we'll be back here same time next week to talk about week five reactions and results. But until then, keep crying. Mm, 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 mm.